0: I would like for you to turn with me to the book of First Corinthians. First Corinthians, and you will be turning to the thirteenth chapter. And in the meantime, I'm going to be racing you on my uh, phone here. But if you don't know where 1 Corinthians is, if you have a um, there, are, if you have a physical Bible, look in the table of contents. It is in the New Testament section. Um, it is more or less toward the beginning, um, kind of in the beginning, middle part. Uh, once you get to the first, once you get to First Corinthians, turn to uh, chapter 13. That's the big number, 13. And then once you're there, uh, we're actually going to be coming from the entire chapter, but we're going to just read the 13th verse. Uh, so that's going to be the last verse. First Corinthians. Um, chapter 13, verse 13. When you have it, say amen. amen. If you still need some time, say wait a minute. Wait a minute. Amen. Amen. I'm usually the one, only one that says wait a minute. Amen. But it's good um, as I always say that I like to hear wait a minute because that means that we can read the word, and have access to the word. And if you may not know much about our history, that wasn't always allowed. Hello? So it is a blessing to have the word of God, to be able to read the word of God, and to not have to do so in secret, amen? Amen. If, if any of that surprised you or confused, you you really should come to our Black History program next week. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 13 I'm going to read this out of the Christian standard Bible version. You'll find some of the words printed in your text. Um, if you can't find it or have trouble seeing it, the words are on the screen. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And based on this, I would like to ask the following question, which is going to be the topic of our sermon today. The question is as follows. Is love overrated? Is love overrated? You may be You know, there's a saying that goes, you know, love don't pay the bills. It's a reminder to us that even though we say we love somebody, in the end, uh, many problems get resolved by actually doing something about it. You know, we can't just love our way out of the electric bill. We got to pay it, right? We can't just love somebody who is in need. We got to help them. And if we want to get religious with it, uh, we can't just love God. We've got to keep his commandments. So so based on that, what most of us would conclude is that, you know, love is is cool and all. But your service is what really matters. We would say that love is important, right? Right? You know, we we, we would say that, you know, people want love, but what people need is service. And even in church, we would, uh, 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 some of us would conclude that God uh, uh, does want us to love him. But in the end, he really wants us to serve him. Now, is that true? Because if that's true, then wouldn't love be a little bit overrated? It, you know, have, have we as, as Christians, forget, forget Christians, have we as people overrated love? This Wednesday, we are supposed to be celebrating love, but in the end, shouldn't we really be celebrating service? Well, after reading the word of God, the, the answer is that love is not overrated. In fact, sometimes it is underrated. The Bible implies that love and service are both Necessary, that there are two peas in a pod, they are two sides of the coin. They, they go together. Yet what the Bible clearly does state is that real love is greater than service. So why is that? Why is love greater than service? And this is the question that Paul is addressing with the Corinthian church. Now, the big topic that Paul was covering was spiritual gifts. Um, You know, the church knew that every uh, Christian is equipped with at least one spiritual gift, at least one. And that this gift's main purpose is to build up the church, to serve the church. For example, my gift of teaching is at work right now. I'm doing my best to serve you by teaching you the word of God. I also have the gift of administration to serve you by organizing structures and programs to help you as well as to glorify God. Every Christian has a gift and every Christian has a way to serve the church. Paul was dealing with a church that elevated some people and belittled others based on the usefulness and prominence of their gifts. In the Corinthian church, your status depended on Your service. We see that now in church, where people treat people differently because of your title. You know, pastor carries some weight. You know, trustee. Ooh, that carries some weight. You know, chairman. comes with power, but assistant, not so much. Volunteer, eh, plain old member, meh. So in a church like this, uh, you can see how if everybody is throwing around titles and, 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 and how they have uh, better gifts than other people, you could see how love would take a back seat. They would say that it's important. You know, the, the Corinthian church would say that love is important. But what's more important, quote unquote, is good preaching, um, healing people, uh, chasing away demons. You, you You know, stuff that actually helps people. But Paul then says that all this service would be nothing without love. We know this to be true right now. Imagine that this Wednesday, your significant other, and if you don't have one, imagine one. Imagine that this Wednesday, your significant other has a candlelit dinner on a yacht waiting for you. You know, roses all around, you know, violin playing in the background, filet mignon steaks seared to perfection, plus a gift waiting on the table. Imagine this scene is, is, is happening to you, but you know for a fact that your significant other does not love you. Kind of kills it, huh? Yeah, a little bit, huh? And this is what Paul is saying about the gifts. See, all of the service that we do for others and for God means nothing if there is no love in it. It would seem that love is not overrated. If anything, without love, our gifts and our service would be overrated. But then Paul makes another interesting point. He says that our love is fundamentally different than our service because service will end, but love never ends. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 12 reads, uh, Love never ends. But as for prophecies, one of the gifts, they will come to an end. As for tongues, another one of the gifts, They will cease. As for knowledge, another one of the gifts, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. And he gives an example. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. Came to an end. Verse 12. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then. He says in the future. Face to face. Now I know in part. But then I will know fully. As I am fully known. Paul is saying that when we get to heaven the gifts that God has given us, you know, the ones we like to brag about, you know, the the positions we like to hold in this world, all of that will no longer be needed in heaven. Our service will end, but love will never end. Let me use another example. You may be great at your job, But if something happens, whether you quit, get fired, become incapacitated, or die, you find out the hard truth. No matter what position you have at your job, you are always replaceable. No matter how good you are at your job, Your job can and will move on without you. But I can tell you from experience that if you leave a good impression, you will be missed and loved long after you've left that job. Why? Because service ends, but love never ends. Another example, if you are the one paying bills at the house or cooking or, or taking the kids back and forth and you die, this might sound hard, but the family will figure out another way to survive. They will. And in that respect, yeah, the family is going to move on. However, you and I both know that when somebody passes away, that the family will always miss them and love them. Matter of fact, why, why do we have grave sites or, or urns? You, you know, if we just think in real practical, if so-and-so is dead, they, they, they don't have any use to us. You know, they can't serve us. They can't even serve themselves. So just throw the bodies away, right? But you and I know that there's something wrong with that, right? We we, we know that they will always have a, a hold, a place in our hearts forever, and we want to memorialize them in that way. Why? Because service ends, but love never ends. Love is greater. Than service, And in fact, this is what makes the gospel so wonderful. John 3, 16, out of the King James Version says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5, 8 says that, But God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, willingly chose to die for our sins so that we would be declared righteous and innocent before God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 declares that he made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But the gospel is not that Jesus, not just that Jesus died. The gospel says that on that same Friday that Jesus died, uh, he was buried. But on that early Sunday morning, he rose again. And because Jesus rose again, we can be sure that God accepted the sacrifice. And that those of us who hope in Jesus will live like him. Now, why am I saying all of this? Just follow me for a moment. Don't worry, we're getting to the end now. Why am I saying this? I want you to imagine for a moment that God did not love us. Just imagine for a moment. Imagine that the gospel that we just talked about was not based on love. Now, first of all, you know, it would be um, confusing because, well, you know, why would God have done this? If he didn't love us, why would he have done this? Why would Jesus rise and die and rise for us if he didn't love us? Would it be out of obligation? Pressure? Uh, maybe God's afraid of being lonely? I, I, I don't know. He's got to obey some law? I mean, I don't know about you, but it's already confusing enough to wonder why God does love me. <laughs> it, uh, this, this is, it's way too confusing to figure out what else would have driven God, to do this for a wretch like me. But but, but stay with me, stay with me. There's another thing to think about. If God didn't love us, remember, if, if God did not love us, this whole dying, rising thing happened, but if God did not love us, and now he's, you know, guilt-tripping us to accept Jesus so that we can go to heaven... Honestly, I'm not sure heaven would even be that great. Now, yeah, you know, we get our mansions, you know, we never die or get sick or feel pain. So, I mean, that part's good, right? But it would be kind of awkward because we would know that God really does not want us there. Right? And to be honest, for all of eternity, if God did not love us, we'd probably do our best to just avoid each other. You see what I'm saying? Like, if there's no love between us and God and we're in heaven, we just just keep the distance. But then it would also look like we beat God at his own game, right? We didn't have to love God to get into heaven. We just had to be good. He just had to let us in because we so good. We would look like we beat him because he would have to let us in against his will. And if we did that, then God wouldn't really be all powerful. You know, he wouldn't really be all knowing. And then. Now, since God don't like us and we in heaven, Now, God's gonna be trying to figure out a way to kick us out. Y'all remember Satan, right? He did it with him. Why not us? Y'all see how messy this gets when there's no love? But the Bible teaches us that God does love us, love is the reason for the gospel. Love is the motivation behind all of the service that Jesus did. Jesus' death and resurrection did more than unlock the key to the gate. It established and confirmed the relationship that we have with the Father. We are his sons and daughters. In fact, Jesus said that he no longer calls us servants or slaves, but that he calls us Friends, the entire Bible is about God's relationship with us and what he has done to fix that relationship. So if this is God's relationship with us, this ought to be our relationship with God and with each other. You know, God doesn't just want our hand. He wants our hearts. You know, when it comes to our biological families, we, you know, we do more than just bring in income and cook and clean and enforce rules and run errands. It's, it's great to serve, but just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, we need to love our families no matter how much we serve or they serve. When it comes to church, you are more than just another volunteer. You are more than just another potential source of income. You are more than just another body to warm the seats, especially on a friends and family day. We want St. John to be a place where you feel loved no matter what your service looks like. You are more than just another person. God created you to be in relationship with you and for you to be in relationship with him and others. Jesus didn't die and rise just for another person. And you are not here just to do a job. You are here to love and be loved. So as I begin to close, love is not overrated. 1 Corinthians 13.13 says, Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. If God himself says love is the greatest, it can't be overrated. When God himself himself has made uh, the entire Bible, and in particular the gospel, about how much he loves us, it can't be overrated. God's service to us was and is supremely important. But as we've seen, it would be nothing without love. Same for us. Our service to God and to others is nothing without love. So therefore, I want to leave you with a question. What relationship do you have when there is no more service? Let me say that another way. What is left of your relationship when there is no longer any service. What relationship do you have with God after you've made it to heaven and gotten everything you were looking for? What's the relationship with God then? Do you love God or do you love God's service? What relationship do you have with your family, with your friends, with your church, once you can no longer serve each other? Do you love them, or do you love how they serve you? Keep in mind that the gospel is that God, knowing that we could never do anything that would improve his life, still loved us and served us to show his love for us. Uh, Love may not pay the bills, but love makes sure they get paid. And love will be there after they get paid. Service without love is overrated, but real love is never overrated.